You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. If your nation's team was playing a World Cup match, you probably weren't visiting dodgy websites. Concerns mount in the UK that Russia may be readying a long-expected attack on British infrastructure and holding it until the cup is decided. The Australian National University is hacked in an apparent espionage attempt. Data breaches at TimeHop, Domain Factory, and Macy's. Russia calls for international cooperation. And the Marines say it wasn't them on that dating app. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Monday, July 9th, 2018. Enigma Software has found that malware infections are off about 20% in countries on the days in which their teams are playing in the World Cup. The biggest game day drop in malware infection was observed in Uruguay, which saw a fall off of slightly more than 41%. Other drop-offs in this particular leaderboard were Croatia, down 29%, Mexico, 23%, Sweden, narrowly nosing out Belgium, with both countries just shy of 22%, France, ahead of Colombia, both just above 19%, Switzerland and Spain, coming in slightly over 18%, Germany and Brazil, just below 18%, and England at 17%. There's been one exception to the trend. Russia. The country's hosting the games is the outlier, with infection rates actually rising almost 6% on match days. These are, we stress, game day drops, presumably due to people going offline to watch the matches, probably in pubs, sports bars, the dens of friends, and so on. The World Cup continues to provide plenty of fish bait for malicious links, attachments, and so on. Enigma has tracked rising and falling infection rates against significant outside events for some time, and their findings are interesting. Rates, for example, tend to spike during holiday shopping seasons, think Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and they tend to drop during penitential religious seasons like Lent, where observant users of the Internet are less likely to go online. There is some concern in the UK that a long-expected Russian cyber campaign directed against British infrastructure, is only on hold during the World Cup and that it will be executed once the games are over. Tensions between the two countries rose over the weekend as the first known death in the Salisbury nerve agent attacks occurred. 
Don Sturgis, a bystander who was probably an accidental victim and not a target of the attack at all. The UK has opened a murder investigation. Denial of involvement in the sad affair will continue to figure in Russian official and deniable propaganda. The Australian National University reported sustaining an attack on its networks last week. The Sydney Morning Herald says that Australian federal officials have confirmed both that the university's network was compromised and that the attack was mounted from China. The goal would appear to be espionage, but the story is still developing. TimeHop, which resurfaces posts from social media accounts, disclosed Saturday that it had sustained a breach that compromised personal data of 21 million users. Roughly a fifth of those users had associated a phone number with their account. The attackers appear to have accessed TimeHop's cloud environment through an admin account not protected by multi-factor authentication. TimeHop has deactivated all authorization tokens provided by other social networking sites, and users who wish to continue to use the service will have to re-authenticate each social media account to the TimeHop app. Many observers in the security industry have been pointing to the incident as a cautionary tale on two counts. First, what an attacker can do if they get privileged credentials, and second, the importance of using multi-factor authentication. Domain Factory, a large web hosting firm based in Germany, disclosed at the end of last week that it had sustained a data breach. Heisa Online reported Saturday that an attacker, who seems to have been interested in getting some sort of unspecified help, collecting money, he says an unnamed individual, not Domain Factor, owes him. The data exposed are consequential. They include customer names, physical and mailing addresses, telephone numbers, passwords, bank account information, and Shufa credit scores. The hacker began talking about his activities on a Domain Factory support forum, where he was initially regarded as nothing more than a pest interested in drawing attention to himself. Unfortunately, he turned out to have the goods. To prove that he'd accessed the hosting company's data, he posted samples online. Investigation and recovery are in progress. Macy's e-commerce platform has also sustained a data breach. The Detroit Free Press has reported that the retailer is warning customers that it detected suspicious login activity on June 11th, and that after investigating, the department store concluded that an unauthorized third party had since late April been using valid usernames and passwords to access customers' accounts. Macy's is blocking the accounts it's determined to have been affected until customers can securely re-establish them. As expected and scheduled, the Reserve Bank of India will no longer provide services to cryptocurrency exchanges. This will have the effect of forcing cryptocurrency transactions into cash channels. Russia's President Putin called Friday for closer international cooperation on cybersecurity. Addressing a cyber conference in Moscow, Mr. Putin said, quote, Cyber threats have reached such a scale that they could only be neutralized by combined efforts of the entire international community. We have repeatedly seen that some nations' egoism their attempts to act squarely to their own advantages hurt the global information stability. Mr. Putin demurely left the egotistical nations unspecified. And finally, the U.S. Marine Corps has looked into claims that some of its recruiters were using dating apps to find prospective Marines. And the Marine Corps says, no, it wasn't them. So beware, you lonely ones, that winsome gunnery sergeant you just met online may not be what they claim to be. Oh,
Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Malek Ben-Salem. She's the Senior R&D Manager for Security at Accenture Labs, and she's also a New America Cybersecurity Fellow. Malek, welcome back. You have some insights to share when it comes to GDPR, which, of course, is a hot topic these days. But uh, you all recently published some information uh, to help people navigate uh, what they have to deal with since it went into effect. Yeah, absolutely. So we just published a point of view on Building Explainable Security Programs and or GDPR. Uh, we know that you know, most people or most companies are getting ahead with their GDPR compliance, but the new standard now for intelligent enterprises will be to create and maintain transparent and explainable security programs globally and to proactively share them with their customers, employees, and business partners. Uh, but building a data collection program uh, that is explainable is easier said than done. So what we listed out for CISOs and security executives is certain steps that they should consider uh, to build such programs. Uh, Number one is updating their security operation processes. Building the data collection program that's explainable will require creating new data governance processes and most importantly, approaching algorithms differently. We know that um, a lot of, let's say, data erasure requests may uh, involve the use of uh, automated processes, um, sometimes machine learning algorithms. Uh, Under the GDPR requirement, these have to be explainable. So um, what CISO should consider is create a, or add a human into the loop within those processes 
or at least make sure that the process generates a paper trail that explains the conclusion of the algorithm that's being run. The second step we recommend is strengthening consent management frameworks. With each new data item that a company collects, again, under the GDPR requirement, they need to get consent uh, from the owner of that data. Uh, so what that means is that they'll have to create a repeatable automated process for obtaining this consent. Uh, but what's more critical or a better long-term strategy may be for the chief data protection officer in conjunction with the CISO to regularly refresh the company's consent management framework both inside and outside the enterprise. The third step we recommend is federating and automating erasure processes. We know that companies under GDPR now are liable for data breaches uh, for third companies that they share data with. And by the same token, they're required to honor erasure requests. Either these are the right to erasure or the right to be forgotten types of requests. They have to honor those requests uh, for data that they have shared with third parties. So they need to have a, a process for that. A CISO would need agile tools to mine the data quickly, to redact it or remove it entirely, uh, and should consider installing security mechanisms such as rate limiting because if they have a process that would honor those data erasure requests um, automatically, that process would have extremely high privileges and access to data that is extremely valuable for the company. So it needs to be monitored very well <laughs> and secured uh, before it purges large amounts of data. Uh, and so we recommend at least install installing security mechanisms such as rate limiting for that process. And then finally, uh, as the fourth uh, recommendation, uh, we uh, recommend to CISOs that they revisit digital trust across their entire ecosystem and third-party uh, platforms. Well, finally, we recommend that CISOs look at the entire cost of ownership under GDPR. Uh, we know that GDPR exempts specific types of encrypted data sets from the 72-hour reporting requirement for breaches. So CISOs may be tempted to encrypt more data. Uh, that comes at the expense of building an explainable security program uh, when the data is, uh, is in encrypted. So they need to consider um, the total cost of ownership and the benefits that come or the reduction of liability that comes with encrypting data versus the longer term benefit of building an explainable uh, program that will build the resilience and trust they need to keep growing. All right. Well, it's good advice as always. Um, if people want to find out more, uh, what is the name of the report? How can they find it? It's the Accenture Security Technology Vision for 2018. All right. Well, as always, Malek Ben Salem, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dave. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. 
And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for CyberWire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Hey all, Rick here. At N2K Cyberwire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to share your feedback now.